The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. My guest today is Zach Birdie. I'm Clinton Cole. Zach, uh, thanks for taking some time today, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think uh, so. our first interview we did was... I want to say two years ago before, well, maybe it was right at the beginning of the season in 2019. And, um, you know, a lot's happened for you since then. And we, we were talking before we started, lots happened with your brother since then. And yeah. uh, your brother now w- with the Padres, I know you say he's going to be out this year, but you guys have both uh, had some injury issues and you, you're battling back and stuff, but you were able to make your debut uh, in this, this last season, this weird season back on August 8th against the Indians. So let's, before we get into anything else, Take me back to August 8th. What was that like for you? It was awesome. So um, even before August, whatever, 7th or 6th, I can't remember when I got the phone call, but Guts gave me a phone call. Um, I actually just came back from a walk, and um, it was pretty late, and the game had just ended uh, for the Sox and so on and so forth. But I get the call, and he tells me, and, um, yeah, I mean, just overjoy, crazy. Um, going outside to um, call my parents and like tell them everything. I run into Drew Anderson and he was getting called up at the same time. Um, so that was super exciting um, to go through with somebody who, who I grew close to over spring and over summer. And then, um, yeah, so get to the ballpark and just overwhelmed with, with um, emotions and um, just trying to like take it all in and really um, just soak it all up and, walking out of stick to the stadium and across the field, you see all these guys that like you want to play against, but you've just never played against. So like I'm, I see Clev, I see Lindor. I see all these guys that are interdivision guys who um, I never really came across in the minors. So more so just faces than anything. And I can really, uh, now you're on the same field as them. And then um, along with that too, like you get to feel you're just a part of, of the bigger scheme of things so like in spring like in big league camp you feel um very apart because all the guys are there everyone's everyone's there and um, i've experienced it a couple times now where um everyone gets shipped out and like that feeling just kind of comes to a standstill so um to finally have that feeling and to to reach that goal was was crazy and um then getting to the game uh just jittery the the entire time i can't remember what inning i went in but Whatever inning it was, every inning before that was was nuts and um, really just trying to um, stay calm and remember what I was there or remember what I had been working on in Schaumburg and trying to execute that there and 
Um, game happens, everything goes well. Um, super, super excited. Uh, and then, like we talked about earlier, no fans. So they're just pumping crowd noise in. That was super, super weird. And um, one of those things where you just kind of have to take it as it is. And of course, I wanted my family to be there. I wanted my friends to be there. But um, just with the, the climate of the world, obviously, that wasn't going to be a thing. So um, I think my debut was uh, was perfect for, for what it was. And um, it's definitely something that uh, I'm going to hold on to. And um, Till this day, really excited about. A couple things uh, of what you said. So you were talking about players you had in base and minors. Did you, I mean, you only, you pitched, what, uh, let's see, 11 innings or seven innings, seven or third innings this, this, um, this past season. Did you, was there anyone that you had faced before that, anyone that you knew um, maybe back in, from college ball or growing up or minors or anything? Was there anyone that you had already faced before? Um, growing up, I played it with uh, Nikki Lopez. Oh. Um, with, uh, Casey, um, we played together for like 10 years growing up, but, uh, I never actually faced him, faced him, um, just looked across the field, so on and so forth. But, um, man, I can't even, man, I'm sinking on you. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I don't even think there was no one in the minors, uh, who I really ran across again this year. Um, I think that's only because of the really shrunken, uh, schedule and right. how we played a certain, uh, amount of teams so um can't really remember if I ran across anybody but the guys that ran did run across were very good and it was definitely um a really good learning experience and um humbling to uh go from double a last year and my knee happens and all that stuff to a year later I'm playing where I was hoping to be playing years ago and just stuff never really fell into place and um, it was just a huge, huge weight off my shoulder for sure. Uh, I want to go back to maybe not the the finest moment of your a uh, little bit of your your first seven innings here, but uh, against yeah. the Cardinals, you have the home run to Goldschmidt. Yeah, I mean, you, want, you want to talk about one of the best hitters in the game? I mean, that's Goldschmidt. But like, what was that? Obviously, it wasn't a good feeling. But when you when you let that pitch go and you saw that swing, what, what was your initial reaction? I mean, giving up that that first home run. Um, frustrated. Like, I mean, you I know as soon as you let it go, that oh, yeah. this could be trouble. Um, I didn't know as soon as I let it go. I knew as soon as it touched his bat, like, <laughs> it just made a different noise. Um, and I mean, it was just one of those things where, like, in the moment, uh, I can't remember. Where, I was like four innings into my career, maybe, and you're just riding the highs, like, and you're just like everything like looks so big to you, um, just sensory overload, and then. Um, that happens and you're like, oh yeah, no, like that's going to happen a lot more. So like I need to get used to it. Um, but yeah, no, McCann, uh, we talked about it. And he's like, if you're going to give it up, give it up to um, just give up one. Like, you don't, no one's on base, not a big deal. Like that's going to happen way more in your career. So, and so, so it kind of put things in perspective and uh, was able to um, take a step back and uh, just realize like, yeah, that's like you said, it's one of the best hitters in the game. And those dudes, are the best hitters because they get the best of a lot of the guys. Um, you mentioned McCann, uh, obviously moved on to the Mets. What was it like working with him in, in, in Grandal? And and, uh, and I'm sure you've worked with Zach before, but uh, with, those, with those two guys who might have been, you might not have worked with uh, as much. Yeah, so um, 
even with Zach, me and Zach really never really. I guess you really crossed paths, did you? Yeah, we never were on the same minor league um, team or anything like that. But we were roommates, so we got along really well. We still get along really well. Um, and then Yaz uh, and Mac both being in uh, big league spring this year, this was the first time I crossed paths with either one of them. Um, and it was just really, uh, I guess, unique. I don't know if that's even the right word, but it was definitely something that I've never really experienced with how much information they're able to retain and how much information. It was, this was even a thing with Keiko too. Like they were just very, um, very capable of uh, remembering hitters, being able to digest like scouting reports and applying to the game in, uh, in big moments and stuff like that. And um, I think it's just one of those things where, you realize how much a catcher matters because those are the guys who are, are putting in the work and, and doing all those things to, to make the game easier on your end. And um, working with Mac, uh, super thankful for everything he did uh, in my short stint and how he treated me, how he uh, put himself out there for me uh, during games. And um, Yaz is doing the same exact thing for the guys still. So to have him back with us is, is super good and, and really, really great uh, for the upcoming season. And, I don't think uh, what's it called, Zach or or Sebi or any of the guys who are going to uh, step up and take the max spot. I don't think they're going to skip a beat. I think all those guys are uh, super uh, intelligent and educated, and they're ready to kind of take on that role for sure. So you talked about um, the catchers learning from them, and then in, in Dallas. But what about some of the other pitchers on the staff? I mean, Lucas seems like a great teammate. Um, mm. You know, I don't. I've talked to him a few times. Um, you know, I've talked to Dylan probably the most out of the, the pitchers in Copic, but obviously he wasn't there last year. But yeah. Dylan probably the most of the starters. What's uh, What are some things that you kind of learn from them and then some of the guys in the bullpen too? Yeah, so um, we'll start with the starters. Um, G, I mean, I played with Gio and uh, Trips, and I saw his lowest of lows. Um and just how he handled that and how he um, was able to overcome it was is still to this day, I mean, one of those things where you look at it and you're just um, just overjoyed for the guy because, I mean, to go from that 20, what was it, 2017 season to back-to-back -back seasons now, 2019 and 2020, where he's finishing top five, top ten in the AL Cy Young and um, he was an all-star and um, just that that perseverance and um, the ability to overcome is something that uh, he doesn't need. Like he can obviously he can talk pitching all you want. Um, the guy's super intelligent, um, but his biggest thing is uh, just watch. Like you can watch and you can learn a ton from Gio, just his work ethic and all that stuff. And then adding Keuchel, um, super different dynamic. The guy is a competitor. He comes to the field. He wants to win. He is uh, definitely a guy you want on your side. Um, so that was a really nice change of pace. Um, I guess not really from anything. I'd been out for so long. So I just hadn't really been around somebody like that in a while. And to be around that, I was definitely um, refreshed. And it was definitely something that I think um, I needed personally. And uh, it was awesome to be around. But um, the bullpen, I mean, talk about just dudes who just shut the door. Um, Cordero, the guy gets tossed out there five out of six days in a row, doesn't complain, doesn't do anything, just keeps shoving. Marsh, same way, the guy, I mean, these dudes just, um, they grind and they get out and 
um, full of knowledge. And then uh, you got guys like that and C Shack who've been around for a very long minute and have nothing but um, good things to say. And uh, even when they have to say bad things, they do it in a really um, good and uh, responsible manner that a lot of young players um, especially when I was younger and like in college, um, that's a really hard thing to, to learn how to do and, and to approach guys who, who need to, to be talked to and um, need help getting through some situations. Um, and then you obviously have uh, Column A who locked down closer. So like Gio, that's just a guy you watch. You just watch and you just try and digest everything he does because there's a reason he's one of the best in the game. Talked about the, the pitchers now watching guys like Luis Robert every day and Eloy and, and Mankata and, and Timmy and, and just I mean go down the entire lineup. <laughs> yeah. Lineup. I mean, but I, I think, you know, obviously you've you you've seen you saw them before, obviously, this season, but then now you, you saw them up close for a month in August or whatever. What what is it like seeing guys like Luis Robert play every day where it's just like I mean, absolute freak of nature, but just seeing what he does in Yohan Moncada, who has all the tools in the world. I mean, what's that like uh, from your perspective? Yeah, so same thing kind of with Yo as Gio. Um, when we played together in, uh, in Charlotte, he was obviously going through um, a tough time at the plate. And um, like you said, everyone knew he had every tool in the world. It was just a, it was a ticking time bomb until it all came together. Um, and when it did come together, I wasn't around him. So um, this year, finally be able to see that in person was definitely something that uh, was awesome. I mean, the guy, he works so hard and um, he finally found that nice, smooth rhythm where those tools that he had were just being played out. And the guy's a ball player. And I mean, every time he's on the field, it's just it's a show. And I think the same goes for Louie. Um, I saw him for a short stint in double A before he got called up to triple A last year or two years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, you saw it from the moment he stepped on the field. Uh, he doesn't complain. Um, he's fast, he's strong. He utilizes everything, uh, every one of his strengths. Um, it's just, it's an athlete. Uh, I, I saw a quote last year, um, about Tatis Jr. and how, um, I think the manager was like, if he didn't play baseball, he'd be a basketball player. He'd be a wide receiver. It's the same thing with Louie. Right. If Louie didn't play baseball, the guy would be free safety, just blowing dudes up constantly. Like, he's a pure athlete, and um, to watch that every day is is awesome. It's As a baseball fan, not even as a player, um, being able to, to watch that up close is is truly great. So back at the so back in 2018, I was in North Carolina, as, as I'm sure I've told you before. So and at the beginning of the season, Luis had his, his thumb and that cast, or whatever. But he, for the media day with the dash, like he walked out and like you know, Micah's a, a huge dude, right? Mm -hmm. And Robert, I hadn't seen Robert in person before, and he is as big as Micah Adolfo, and it just like kind of blew your mind, and because you realize, I mean, both are just outstanding athletes, but then you, you yeah. just see them up close, and it's just like this dude be a, a free safety i mean he's yeah or i mean julio jones type of deal i mean like that type of yeah. that type of an athlete and he's just the sky's the limit for the sky's the limit for the entire roster of the white Sox right now it seems like and it's yeah the great time for you guys um getting to some of your your pitching what's uh 
what's something that you realized you needed to work on the most after your, your stint uh, last, last season? Oh, I think the biggest thing for me, and I think it's something I've battled with um, throughout the minors and it kind of caught up to me this year as well. And it's just uh, a thing of consistency. Um, I think when the stuff's there, it's there and it, it's got, it's on and obviously it gets out, but there are days where um, it wasn't there. And um, I think, you see um, guys with a very long um, longevity in the league. They just don't have bad days. And if they do, they put an end to it pretty quick. And um, that's something I learned this year. I wasn't able to um, slow it down. And, and after that KC game, um, I definitely uh, could have shut the door on that and um, been fine. And uh, went to Minnesota, didn't have a bad outing, um, just, wasn't wasn't one that you want right after having uh, a really bad outing. So I think going into the season, um, it's inevitable. Bad outings are going to happen. So um, having the mindset of of shrinking those and and getting back on the right page and, and sticking to the mechanics and all that good stuff, I think that's um, a big part of what's going to bring me success this season, um, and just not making things bigger than they need to be. How, how's the health? How, how are you feeling after last season and now? And kind of what, what's kind of your off-season workouts? What do they kind of look like? Uh, I feel great. Um, I feel really good. Um, not having to rehab for uh, my off-season and not having to go back from uh, square one is definitely something that uh, makes a huge difference. Um, getting back in the weight room, um, I was able to skip this whole – uh, two to three week process where um, I hadn't been doing anything. I've been laying on a bed or my arm couldn't even bend because it just came out of surgery, all those things like that catches up to you. And um, even going into um, my first season back from Tommy John, like it's just one of those things where it's really hard to battle when all your muscles are just not even where they need to be. So for me, this off season, it's, it's super, um, important just to build off of what uh, I did the past season in the past uh, 12 months and um, just kind of regroup and uh, rethink everything that I went through this season. And I think if I continue to thin out and, and make sure that my mechanics are where they need to be and my body is uh, staying uh, in shape and um, healthy, I think everything will come together. And that's kind of the goal of this offseason is maintaining that thought process. We, uh, we talked before we, we started recording, and I told you what Will had told me last night about uh, not hearing anything yet, but in, and you kind of told me already, but kind of what's, what's the status? What, what have you heard so far? Um, not much, honestly. Um, it's uh, everyone's preparing for uh, February 17th. Everyone's ready for February 17th. Um, and that's the goal. Uh, just be ready, get out there. And when it starts, it starts. And, um, if you get another call when it doesn't, then go where go from there. So, um, but like you said, uh, we talked before and I mentioned that, uh, both sides know that it's February 17th, but if there's the call, there's a the call and it's, uh, it's a little, um, not frustrating, but um, you're just kind of looking at the tunnel and there's no light. So um, it's whatever. Um, obviously, the world is in a really crazy spot and there's a lot of stuff going on. And 
um, can't really complain about everything. Just kind of have to do and um, whatever happens, happens. But I'm sure, like, like you mentioned, though, it's the first offseason in a long time where you've just been able to do what you need to do and not worry about an injury or something like that. So I'm sure you're ready to go, you know, yeah. mentally, physically, to, to show what you can do in that full season in, in, from the beginning. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah, just having to, like I mentioned before, that gap of um, spring training is great, rehab or not. You're around all the guys, you're having a great time. But once spring training's over and you're still rehabbing, that's a really uh, tough place to be mentally. And then to do it again and neck the following year was really tough. So like you said, I'm itching to get going. I'm itching for the beginning of the season. Um, I want to show that um, I'm able to stay healthy throughout the entire year and and being a contributor and um, just help the Sox win and um, bring a bunch of wins to Chicago. I mean, that's, uh, that's the goal. I think everyone on the team and um, throughout the organization, coaches and players is kind of on the same page with that. One more thing. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up, but uh, obviously playoff uh, Giolito's playoff outing. Uh, awesome. You know, and then the next couple games didn't go so hot as we all know. And then a new manager comes in. What what do you know about Tony Larusa? I mean, other than he's had a lot of success, but I mean, do you know anything else? Have you talked to him? Is there anything anything along those lines? Um, I haven't talked to him. Um, obviously, I, we're going to have some conversations eventually. Um, from what I know about him, um, the guy's won. He's won a lot. Um, I'm assuming that's why they brought him on. Um, everything I've read, he's. Uh, an absolute freak at digesting the game and breaking it down and making moves um, accordingly. So I'm excited to watch that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it was, uh, it was something that um, with Giolito, the, the first outing and the, the whole playoff series with the athletics was I'm, I was in the stands. So for me, um, I was watching from uh, a distance and didn't really feel the vibe in the dugout, but um there was no quit. Those guys were, were pulling for each other. Those guys were itching to win and um, you could feel the energy and um, everyone was putting their best foot forward. Unfortunately, uh, as sports go, it didn't go our way that day. And I think um, in the long run, I think that that loss and that series uh, fired those dudes up. And um, a lot of those guys are, are wanting to get back to that, that situation. This is the last time I'll say this is the last time. Last question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you said you're back in Chicago. Uh, we've had a relatively decent winter, you know, I mean, it's not yeah. been, hasn't been awful, but what are you, what are you doing in your spare time when you're not working out and throwing and stuff? Um, a lot of video games, uh, a lot of walking, uh, just playing Madden, playing Madden until, uh, my face falls off. I mean, just one of those things where, um, yeah, I think everyone's kind of going through that, uh, if they haven't gone through it already, they will, where they're just trying to fill that gap that um, was filled by life before where you're going out and you're doing things and you're being entertained and you're being able to go do all this stuff. But um, yeah, just sitting inside, a lot of quarantine, um, a lot of working out and just trying to enjoy the city as much as I can with without putting myself in danger. Are you a Bears fan? I am a Bears fan. It's going to be a good Sunday. Do you, do you play as the Bears or who do you play with? Oh, I play with uh, the Raiders, but that's Raiders. a whole different. That's a whole different story. Okay, and then do you do you ever play the show? I mean, do you ever play baseball on on uh, system? No, but I need to because everyone's saying that 
the new games are crazy and just way better than they have been in the past. I've still got uh, the old PS4 and still a show. I don't know if we'll get the new one or not, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. It's something I, yeah. do while I run on the treadmill. I just play baseball and it's just passes the time. It's so nice, but uh, yeah, man, I appreciate this and uh, I'm glad you're healthy. Stay healthy. And hopefully in what a uh, month and a week or so, whatever it is that uh, yeah. out there and, and ready to go. But man, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. That's uh, Zach Birdie, Future Socks podcast, videocast, whatever you want to call it, interview here on January 7th.